Are Satan and evil spirits real? Do they really want to harm us? Intriguing questions for some, frightening questions for others. What should Christians believe about Satan and evil spirits? What schemes does Satan use, and how can we respond? Join us today as I interview Professor E. Allen Sorum. We'll talk about Jesus' biggest exorcism, the day he drove out 2,000 demons, and we'll learn that we don't need to be afraid because Jesus has already won the battle. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries, and your host for today's program. Professor Sorum teaches New Testament pastoral leadership and missiology at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in Mequon, Wisconsin, and is the author of 2,000 Demons, No Match for My Savior. Thanks, Professor Sorum, for being my guest today. My pleasure, Kay. Well, tell us a little bit about your work and what you learned about the invisible spiritual realm from your students, which I think might have been the reason why you began to write this book. Is that right? Absolutely correct. Uh, To be 100% honest, I wrote the book because I was invited to by Northwestern Publishing House, and I got great support from them. But the invitation got me started on something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, I am the director of our church body's training program for non-traditional students, men who want to become pastors in the Wisconsin Synod, but they're typically immigrants to North America. And in my close work with them, I noticed time and again that their interaction with the spirit world was quite a bit different from mine. It constantly occurred to me that they were in the frontline trenches against Satan and his demons. Uh, not irregularly in a meeting with these guys, uh, they'd get a phone call from a member or a prospect wanting help with uh, spirit possession or some sort of demon issue. And they'd tell me these stories, and I was conflicted. I scratched my head, and I'm thinking, you know, what do I do with this information? Um, I wanted to ask them sometimes, like, are you serious? You're really dealing with this. You're really seeing these things, you're really hearing these things. And it just seems strange to me as a, as a teacher of the Word of God, I was having a hard time accepting their accounts with uh, head-on dealings with the spirit world. And at the same time, as I was wrestling with my own acceptance of their witness, I was scared to death that one day they were going to ask me to come along with them to uh-huh. uh, help them in, a, in an exorcism. So that's what got me thinking about this. It was their uh, interest and their ministry and their confidence, along with their own stress on the topic, that really helped me come to grips with some of my own conflicts on this topic. So could you, for our listeners, just tell us a few of the issues that some of these immigrants dealt with that maybe we don't in the Christian church here in the United States, at least as much as maybe they did. Just a few things. 
Yes, Kay. Well, actually, this is in the United States. It's all in the United States. Oh. um, um, When the immigrants come with them, some come from communities where for many generations they've um, solicited the services of shaman. Mm. And they bring that with them. Of course, when they come to North America as immigrants, uh, they bring that with them. And some of the communities that... Uh, graduates of our uh, Pastoral Studies Institute program here at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary serve, they have half of the people with whom they have immigrated to North America are still under the influence of literally witch doctors. Mm. So these issues, these phone calls, these opportunities to minister people with um, struggling with demon possession, they are right here in the United States. And this comes from a variety of places from around the world, comes into our country um, through these immigrant movements into America. And plus, as you know, in our our own community here with uh, um, Native American spirituality and, frankly, the entertainment market Mm -hmm. is probably where the biggest demon threat comes from. Um, somewhere between 250 and 350 occult movies a year, as I understand it, the statistics I saw. Hollywood is making hundreds of movies every year on this topic, and then there are many so-called games that bring demons literally into Mm. um, most of our homes and lives. Wow. And in your first chapter, uh, it it quotes first. Peter 5, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion lion looking for someone to devour. Um, and, and that's some of the areas where you talk about these spirits, demons, the supernatural, and the occult. Um, a little bit more about how the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You just mentioned the movies, which is dangerous, isn't it? Yes. Um, I think in North America, uh, and this is a a generalization, please bear with me, but I think for a lot of people listening to us talk right now, Satan has his best tactic in persuading us that this is not real. Mm -hmm. One of the most shocking statistics I've seen from people who do a lot of polling is that in North America... In Christian churches in North America, less than 25% of Christians actually believe in Satan and believe that Satan is a real person intent on doing real harm against God's people. So I think Satan's greatest success among many of us here in North America is just he's persuaded us that he doesn't exist. And so... Um, People are looking for happy relationships with poltergeists. People look for entertainment from uh, various of occult-oriented activities, and we attend uh, movies and read books that are just full of a very satanic influence, and we're not aware that those are precisely the doors and the windows that Satan and his demons want to sneak into to attack us. Absolutely. So um, I had that statistic down. 25% of Christians 
believe in Satan, and I assume also evil spirits, and 75% of Christians, those that call upon the name of Jesus, don't. So it's a dangerous thing, and it's probably one of Satan's lies. It's not true, and, and he's the father of lies, isn't he? Yes, and maybe it's revealing a weakness in North American Christianity where we preachers and teachers are either afraid or ill-equipped or our own selves not ready to warn God's people that Satan is that roaring lion seeking to destroy people. It's very true. It's very true. As I was getting ready for this program, I was remembering my son, uh, who is now with the Lord, um, when he was in high school, uh, when we were on vacation, uh, he was always very, he ended up being a Lutheran pastor. But um, he had a friend on vacation who was calling up evil spirits. And Kevin came to us asking what to do. Mom, this is very dangerous uh, because he doesn't understand it's real. And um, I was just thinking of all those times where people just think it's fun. And that's a very dangerous thing, isn't it? Yes, and the research, just the social scientific research, I'm not talking about you know, Christian psychologists, but social scientists observe this too, that when people expose themselves to this darkness, it leaves a spot on their soul that keeps mm-hmm. them awake at night, that causes them stress during the day, may even cause some anxiety and depression. Um, I have four adult children, and they are of the cohort, the demographic cohort called Millennials. Mm -hmm. And I asked them to proof this book, and they grew up in a Christian home that openly acknowledged Satan as a threat and, and appealed to Jesus for constant protection from that threat. And yet they admitted that the power of the culture in North America had kind of closed their eyes to the reality of the threat. And and a big part of what I'm hoping this book will accomplish is just to get people to simply acknowledge the reality and the danger and the constant threat of a powerful spiritual being that that wants to destroy our souls forever in hell. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the book, you um, talk about uh, Mark 5, uh, 1 through 20, the healing of the demon-possessed man, and, and that takes a little bit of time. But what I found interesting as I read through it, I thought I knew a lot about God's Word and and have even done studies on some of these things and have done many interviews with different people. But I learned so much. I'm like, oh, I forgot the Bible says that, that um, Jesus believed in Satan and evil spirits and even uh, the healing of this demon-possessed man. Let's let's take a, a minute just to share a little bit about that story. It's it's recorded twice in the New Testament, but I think it would be better as we talk about it with our listeners just to stick with Mark. Um, uh, tell us just a little bit about that story and why we can believe Jesus because He's our Savior and Lord, and we must believe what God's Word really says so that we educate ourselves and learn more. Yes, uh, actually, the account of the demoniacs and the the 2,000 swine is in uh, Matthew and Mark and Luke. And uh, Matthew talks about two demoniacs. Uh, Mark is focusing on the one that seems to have uh, engaged Jesus most directly. And it's really that story in Mark 5 is the center of the entire book. Uh, You could kind of call it a day in the life of Jesus. 
And uh, what we see in this day, there's a lot of things that happened in that day. It started off early with uh, Jesus on one side of the Sea of Galilee telling the parable of the casting of the seeds, the sowing of the seed. Uh, He sails across the sea, lands in the area of the Decapolis, and, and immediately encounters these demoniacs and what results or, or the, the adventure that happens thereafter gives us a, just a tremendous insight into Jesus' own attitude and relationship to demons. And, uh, you know, the, there, there is, as you say, a, a, an awful lot in this text, but just some of the highlights for me is the absolute authority with which Jesus speaks to these demons. They immediately uh, respond and submit and obey. The, the demons are actually begging for mercy from Jesus, which I find an incredible act of hypocrisy. Uh, uh, the demons have just tortured this demoniac human being, just uh, made him live in graves and caves and screaming at night in in misery and, and just making his life uh, an absolute torment, making the community's life a torment. And, and they have, they have the, the chutzpah to ask Jesus for mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. But when Jesus speaks, they depart. Mm-hmm. And the reason this is such a powerful text, not only because he deals with thousands, you know, legion, it's not exactly 2,000, we're not given that number, but... But thousands of demons immediately respond to Jesus' command to depart from this man. And, and I think that's especially powerful for people groups or cultures or any of us who are wrestling or afraid that we are wrestling with Satan or his demons to see that Jesus is in absolute, complete control. His word must uh, be obeyed. And when Jesus speaks the demons flee. And for Jesus, the demons were very, very real. He doesn't really talk to the man who's possessed until after the demons are driven out. Jesus talks to the demons, Mm -hmm. and he sends them out with his word. Because in my opinion, I believe he made that trip across the sea, and, and it was on that trip where the storm came up and the disciples panicked and you know, they're thinking they're going to drown, and they wake the Savior up, and, he, and he, <laughs> he has to take a minute to rebuke them for their lack of faith. But then when he lands, I, I think he lands to accomplish his purpose and to show his mercy to these two demoniacs whose lives have been absolutely tormented by very real demons that Jesus deals with directly and powerfully. Very good. I want to go to our announcements. Uh, we'll come back and then we'll we'll uh, talk uh, more about what we can do to resist Satan's schemes and what the strongest weapon against Satan is, because we want to give our listeners information from God's Word to strengthen their faith. The Board of Directors and I wish Uh, Our listeners, a blessed new year. We pray the Lord will continue to bless you and your family this year. Family Shield Ministries' mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and strengthen families. We encourage you to keep us in prayer this year. 
Today, Family Shield is giving away the complimentary booklet, The Great Deceiver. To receive the booklet, call the Family Shield Response Center at 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. We're also going to be giving away three of our radio guest books, 2,000 Demons, No Match for My Savior, through a drawing. If you'd like to enter the drawing, call our response center. Again, that number, one 8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. If you win the book, uh, the book will be mailed to you. So uh, just encourage you to sign up. This is a great book. And, um, of course, it's also available for sale. Uh, send prayer requests, program suggestions, or a donation to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Now I want to go back to my guest, Professor E. Allen Sorum. Uh, his book, again, is 2,000 Demons, No Match for My Savior, and uh, subtitled Jesus, Infinite Power Over Evil. And that is so very true. Uh, where can our listeners uh, get a copy of your your book if they don't win the book that they sign up for? Well, thank you very much for asking, Kay. I would um, ask them to please go to Northwestern Publishing House, uh, and they can do that on the Internet, uh, www.nph.net, N-E-T. Um, it, I, there's also an uh, audio version available, and if you go to uh, audible.com, that's an Amazon.com subsidiary, but audible.com and just Google 2000 Demons, you can buy the the author-narrated audio version of the book. Wonderful, wonderful. And we will make sure we put uh, Northwestern Publishing House on our recommended links so that if they forget what that is, they can still uh, find it on our website. So although I'd love to have more time to talk about that story, I want to make sure that we share with our listeners what some of Satan's schemes are and why we need to acknowledge the threat and then what we need to do after we have acknowledged that threat. Just share a little bit more about Satan's schemes and how we can respond. Well, the most important thing to recognize is that Satan's attacks are of a spiritual nature. He wants to get at what we believe and hold dear and value most of all in life. And if he can get that, if he can get our heart, uh, then he's got us. And that's exactly what our Lord Jesus wants. He wants our heart, our loyalty, and our affection. And how does he extend to us his heart and his loyalty and his affection. He does that through his gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, is that good news that by Christ coming to this world as the eternal Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, the Christ child, the God-man, Savior Jesus, he, he came into this world to rescue us specifically from Satan. And his whole ministry in this world was to defeat Satan's ability to accuse us of sin. How did Jesus do that? How did Jesus defeat Satan? By Jesus' perfect life, 
he was able to give to us his perfection, because we don't have any. And by his suffering on the cross, he endured the punishment for all of our sins and failures that Satan would like to hold up to God and say, look at how bad these people are. Destroy them in hell with me. But because Jesus suffered our hell, Satan can no longer accuse us of anything. By the blood of Jesus, we're perfect in his sight. Mm. And Jesus, 2,000 years ago, already defeated Satan, already accomplished our perfect and eternal rescue, and he extends to us in his gospel an invitation to come and enjoy peace and security and safety in his kingdom. By trusting in Jesus, we are already completely saved. Jesus says, no one can snatch these children of mine out of my hands. And in Jesus, and trusting in Jesus, and going to his word to fill up our heart with the gospel of Jesus, we are absolutely, perfectly, unconditionally, wonderfully safe from every evil attack of Satan. That's just such good news, isn't it? To uh, keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and to know that he took our punishment upon himself 2,000 years ago, and we are now perfect in God's eyes, not because of our perfection, but because of Jesus, who was perfect. Um, I, I love that story, and I, and I love to encourage people that are feeling defeated, and that's usually a lot of times Satan working in their lives, as you just said, I did too much wrong. There, I, I'm thinking of a man that I met some years ago. If I walked into a church, the church would fall down. <laughs> and, and we were able to share that good news of Jesus. No, it won't fall down. That's why he came for you and for me. Absolutely. And, and that message is our defense against every evil attack of Satan. Uh, your listeners may know of a chapter in the Bible, Ephesians 6, where St. Paul says to his people, to us, Arm yourselves against every evil attack, against the flaming arrows of Satan, by protecting yourself with the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. His powerful truth is our best and perfect protection. Absolutely. And, of course, all of those uh, things in Ephesians uh, 6, 10 to 18 that talk about being in the word and prayer and and recognizing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But um, uh, for those listeners that are still grappling with this, is Satan really real? What else can you share with them? Well, if this is an intellectual debate, um, which I'm very familiar with myself, um, I would say that the reading of the Gospel of Mark is a pretty good step forward. Uh, what I really appreciate about the Gospel of Mark is Mark shows us weak disciples who don't get it, but he's constantly showing us a powerful Savior that in patience and tender mercy keeps working with his disciples until finally they do get it. And I think um, I cannot persuade intellectually or logically any human being that wants to resist the notion that Satan is real and deadly and determined to destroy us. That's not an intellectual argument. It's a very spiritual argument. And by grace through faith, 
first of all, in Jesus. When we come to faith in Jesus, then we are, our eyes are opened to other important teachings and truths, like the reality and the intent and the agenda of Satan and his demons. Mm. So again, I would, I would plead with your listeners to expose their heart and lives to the gospel of our Lord Jesus, first of all, for conversion to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And along with that comes light, a a, a very bright light that guides our entire way of life and all of our thinking about how we should go forward into life. Wonderful. So that ultimately we might enjoy eternal life, right? You bet. Absolutely. Forgiveness and eternal life. And uh, um, I think... um, uh, too many people in the United States have a uh, very small um, way of thinking about Jesus, and he is the um, victorious reigning king. He's king of kings and lord of lords, and, um, and, and so we would just encourage them, as you said, to get into the word of God, that that's a good place to start, and to pray and to ask the Lord uh, for wisdom about this and to learn more. We have two minutes left, Professor Sorum. Just uh, any closing thoughts for the listeners? Thank you, Kay. Um, the reason I wrote this book was to persuade people in this country, modern, sophisticated, wonderful people, that as good as life may be, Life doesn't begin to be great, doesn't begin to be secure. Our our way forward isn't clear until we see exactly who's trying to ruin it for us. And that's Satan that's trying to ruin it for us. And he is very, very real and very gifted in his tactics to destroy us. And that by recognizing the reality of Satan that pushes us into the powerful arms of Jesus... And one of my favorite pictures of Jesus is in Revelation, where he's got one foot on the land and one foot of the sea and one fist raised up into the skies. And another hand, he's got the gospel and he's holding it out to people. And he says, and, and, and the picture is, I am in charge of the universe. I rule the universe for your sake. Come to me, be part of my kingdom, live with me in glory forever. I will keep you safe from all dangers on this earth until I bring you safely with me into glory. Right. And that's the picture I would like to leave with your, your listeners, that Jesus is saying to all of us, come you who are weary, come to me, I'll give you rest. Thank you. My guest has been Professor E. Allen Sorum. And uh, remember, Satan is the defeated foe, and Jesus the victorious reigning king. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more about Family Shield at www.familyshieldministries.com. Go to our website to learn more as well about 2,000 Demons, No Match for My Savior. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.